the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Jo. I'm a registered dietitian and we are all here with the purpose of smashing the taboo of binge eating. And I have to start this episode with explaining myself a little bit, especially to my regular listeners. If you come back every Monday for a brand new episode, you will know that I took a little hiatus. I took a break from the podcast for the last four weeks. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen the reason why, but I know a lot of you don't follow me on Instagram, so I am going to explain myself here too. So 2021 has been a year. There has been a lot of change so far for me, professional and personal. Professionally, developing the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast and of course, taking my mission of working towards smashing the taboo of binge eating to a whole new level. Well, I had big changes personally too. I had my very first baby in October. And the thing is, why I had to take a hiatus and a break from the podcast is that the baby came a lot earlier than scheduled. And so I had this big announcement I was going to make on the podcast. I had a whole repertoire of episodes about pregnancy and binge eating that I really wanted to record. However, little one decided that they wanted to make their appearance several weeks earlier than their due date. So that's why I had to park the podcast, put a pin in everything and get my head around motherhood and get my head around having a premature baby. Thankfully, all is great with both of us and I am so happy to be back speaking with you because even though it's only been a month break, I have really missed speaking to you over the podcast every week. It just goes to show that in life, the best plans are the ones that are flexible and no matter how devoted that you are to your job and to your life's mission, in my case, working towards smashing the taboo of binge eating, Sometimes you have to just park it all and focus only on the important humans in your life. In today's episode, I'm going to get the ball rolling by talking about one of the topics that affected me so closely during my pregnancy. Today, I'm getting into the topic of pregnancy-related food guilt. Let me begin by saying, why is nobody talking about this? I'm an anti-diet dietitian with degrees and training courses in eating disorders coming out of my ears. I read research relating to eating disorders every single day, and I have coached many, many people away from diet culture and food guilt to a place of feeling free and liberated and trusting their bodies to know exactly what they want to eat, when and how much. And yet nothing could have prepared me for the food-related guilt that I felt being pregnant. And if I felt that way, I know that you have too. So today I am going to offer three common ways that pregnant people feel guilty regarding the food that they eat. And I'm going to explain why this guilt doesn't serve any purpose. This guilt doesn't help to make healthier, happier babies. And it certainly does not help to bring you closer to a healthy, better relationship with food. Don't worry, I'm not just going to be drawing on my own personal experience here, although that will come into it. 
but I will also be drawing on the research related to this topic too. And hey, if you have never been pregnant and you have no intention of being pregnant, still listen on because chances are you will know somebody who is. You will have a friend or a family member who maybe are pregnant now or will be in the future. And having the inside scoop on what pregnancy does to your relationship with food is critical to supporting them. All right, without further ado, let's get into this. Firstly, help. I feel so guilty because I feel I'm surviving only on sugar since I got pregnant. Oh, hell yeah, does this one deeply resonate with me. For me and for many pregnant people, it was because of nausea and vomiting. Good old morning sickness. Did you know that nausea affects up to 75% of pregnant people and vomiting occurs in about 50% of cases? And the thing is, this is not only in the morning. Approximately 80% of people reported that their symptoms last all day. So yeah, morning sickness is a complete myth as only 1.8% say that their symptoms only affect them in the morning. Personally, my first trimester of pregnancy felt like a 90-day hangover. You know that feeling of being hungover. You feel nauseous all the way to your core. You feel jittery with what feels like low blood sugar levels. And you will do anything to fast forward until tomorrow so you can feel better, so you can feel like a new reborn person again. Well, when I'm hungover, I know what foods I like to go for. Very high sugar and usually high fat foods. And in my first trimester of pregnancy, that's exactly what my body craved for pretty much three months. At one point, I felt like I was only eating fast food, ice cream, and drinking it all down with sugary, fizzy drinks. The thing is with being hungover is that, well, you know it's only going to last you for one, maybe two days maximum, and then you will feel better. But of course, with the first trimester of pregnancy, it's going to last for quite some time. And most importantly, you're not only thinking of you anymore. You have another little human inside you who needs to be considered too. It is so clear why pregnant people have a tendency towards more high sugar, high fat foods in pregnancy. And it is also so justifiable why you feel so incredibly guilty for doing that. Diet culture would have you believe that high fat, high sugar foods like the ones I've mentioned have absolutely no role to play in pregnancy, that they should be avoided. After a few weeks of what felt like I was surviving on these foods, I had a little breakdown. I said to myself, this baby is going to be born addicted to sugar. And I know what you're thinking. What the hell, Joe? You're supposed to be the expert here. And you're right. This was a disordered way of thinking. These thoughts were not accurate. They were not true. And they were certainly not helpful. This was clearly a disordered eating brain talking. I know on every single level that there is no such thing as sugar addiction. I also know that the most important thing in pregnancy is that your baby grows and that you get enough food, enough calories to facilitate that. Where those calories come from is not quite as important. 
once your baby is growing and especially if you are having the symptoms like I had and like 75% of pregnant people have of nausea and of sickness. I'm sure that you have read the generic advice on eating in pregnancy. Eat a balanced diet, eat lots of fruit and veg, avoid eating for two, etc, etc. And okay, there is nothing particularly wrong with this advice, but if there is a reason why you can't follow it, if you are feeling miserable because you are trying to follow it, perhaps because you're struggling with nausea and vomiting and you have a tendency to only want to eat more high sugar foods, please know that that is okay. If you can't follow the generic advice or you can't follow all of it, it will be okay for you and your baby. The goal is to make your symptoms tolerable so that you can eat and drink enough for appropriate fetal growth and that you have a reasonable quality of life. Pregnancy can be incredibly tough. Fatigue can be extreme. And especially if you're still continuing the rest of your life as normal, you're still working hard. Perhaps you are trying to raise other children And maybe you're also keeping your pregnancy under wraps until you get to a certain point. If the way that you're eating is making you feel miserable, if it's making your symptoms worse, then that is not okay. You are allowed to only eat foods that you are able to tolerate, to only eat foods that don't turn your stomach at the very thought of having them. You are allowed to not feel miserable because of food and to not feel guilty because you're not eating in a certain way in pregnancy. If anybody tries to guilt you because of that, especially if they are your healthcare or your pregnancy provider, if they criticize you or they make you feel guilty for eating in a way that is tolerable to you, they are wrong and shame on them. Here is some non-diet, non-shamey advice that really worked for me in my pregnancy. Try eating before or as soon as you feel hungry to avoid an empty stomach. Eat snacks frequently and have multiple small meals a day instead of trying to have three larger meals in a day. Stick to a bland diet if that's what you like. I really like the brat approach. Bananas, rice, apples or applesauce, tea and toast. Brat, B-R-A-T-T. So if you have no idea where to begin with a bland diet, perhaps start there. And finally, this one was a saviour to me. Drink cold, clear and carbonated fluids such as ginger ale or lemonade and drink these in small amounts between meals. I really don't know what I would have done if those drinks were not available to me. I drank those pretty much every day of my first trimester and it was okay. My baby was not born with a sugar addiction because remember, a sugar addiction does not exist. It is not a thing. I felt like I was surviving on only sugary foods. But the thing is, I wasn't. I had made up this story in my head. I took some time to write down 10 foods that I had eaten over the last week that are not considered to be sugary foods. And I protested to this at first. No, really, I am only eating sugar. But then I delved further and I forced myself to be accurate and objective. Much to my surprise, I had been eating a range of other foods. 
I was eating oats, milk, breakfast cereal, pasta, pasta sauces, cheeses, yogurts, breads and fruit on most days over the first trimester too. Even on the days I did feel really unwell, I never only ate high sugar foods or survived on high sugar drinks. And again, to stress, there is nothing wrong if you really are only eating sugary foods. That is okay. But I just ask you to be accurate about it because in most cases, we build up this story that, oh, I'm only eating sugary foods. I'm surviving on sugar. But when you delve deeper, it's not accurate. There are other foods that you're eating, but it's the fact that your eating disorder brain is forcing you to only focus on this one type of food. It is focusing only on sugar-containing foods and ignoring the rest. Secondly, help. I haven't eaten a portion of vegetables in weeks and I feel so guilty about it. Vegetables are a nutrient-dense food. Nobody is disputing that. Vegetables contain so many important nutrients for pregnancy, especially vitamin C and folic acid. However, the thing is, Vegetables, I argue, are not the most important food during pregnancy. And why is that? Well, non-starchy vegetables are a low-calorie food. And it is agreed by every professional body that when you are pregnant, avoiding intentional and unintentional weight loss is a priority. Vegetables are nutrient-dense, but they lack calories for fetal growth. And if you're one of the 75% of women who experience nausea in pregnancy, you may not have the appetite for them anyway. I know at one point in my pregnancy, thought of eating a vegetable was enough to make me vomit. Instead of guilting yourself for not eating many vegetables, how about switching the focus to other nutrient-dense foods? Fruit is an excellent source of micronutrients such as vitamin C and folic acid and it may be better tolerated if having food aversions in pregnancy. Soggy boiled veg when nauseous? No, thanks. But ice cold strawberries straight from the fridge with a creamy full fat yogurt and honey? Yes, vegetables are an important food group of course. And if you find a couple that you enjoy and you can tolerate during pregnancy, then you go to town on them. You enjoy them, include them as often as you like. But remember, you are under no obligation to eat a certain amount of vegetables a day in pregnancy. And lastly, the final reason why you may feel guilty about your food choices during pregnancy is because you are binge eating. This feels a little bit uncomfortable for me to admit. I did find myself binge eating on a couple of occasions during this pregnancy. There you go. I am the binge eating dietitian, an expert in eating disorders, an expert in eating for healing from binging. And yet I found myself binge eating during this pregnancy. Now it did only happen on a couple of occasions so it was nothing like when I was stuck in the binge restrict cycle many years ago. Back then I was binge eating every single day at a time, sometimes multiple times a day. So this was nothing like that and that's why I was so curious about it. How did this happen? How did me, the binge eating dietitian, find myself binge eating again after all the recovery that I've been through? The thing is, and I say this to my clients all the time, 
It just seemed that I had forgotten it myself. When you recover from binge eating, that doesn't mean that you're never going to binge again. Even people with a great relationship with food can find themselves binge eating on occasion. That doesn't mean that you've relapsed though. That doesn't mean that you're back to square one. Sometimes it's going to crop up. It's about your reaction to it, how you manage it and how you put a stop to it as soon as you can without letting it spiral back into full-blown BED. I'm going to cover this lapse that I experienced with binge eating in a whole separate episode, so I won't go into too much more detail here. But just to say that if you are binge eating during pregnancy, please do mention it to your healthcare provider. To my knowledge, binge eating during pregnancy isn't directly associated with any adverse health outcomes for you or your baby, but that doesn't mean that you should suffer alone. If you feel comfortable, talk to your healthcare provider about what you're experiencing because it's entirely plausible that feeling guilty about the foods that you're eating, worrying about every single thing that you put into your mouth when you're pregnant, could be exacerbating your binge eating. It's likely that it could be contributing to your binge eating. Okay, I am going to leave you there because I have run way over time. Thank you so much again for your patience over the last four weeks. I know that you never have to justify taking a break from work, taking a break from putting out a podcast, but just to say that I really did miss you and I'm really happy to be back. All right, I will see you again in the next episode, but until then, take care of yourself. (music) 